0: Welcome to a brand new episode of Delivering Marketing Joy. I am your host, Kirby Haasman. Joining me today, a repeat guest, a rock star who's been here many times. He's a Promo Cares board member, and I think one of the original members of that, founder of Social Good Promotions, and my good buddy, Roger Burnett, man. How are you doing? It's been a minute, Kirby. Good to see you. (laughs) Good to see you too, buddy. Good to see you too. You're into some really interesting things. So I want to dive in on a couple of these topics. So um, I mentioned Promo Cares as as a part of your title You've been a part of PromoCare since the beginning, so um, it feels like that's evolved a little bit. So, can you talk about why um, PromoCares matters to you and how that evolution has taken place?
1: Yeah, man, that's a podcast in and of itself. So, uh, <laughs> my best, my Roger best to not go long. So, okay. um, you know, really at the beginning, it was how could we elevate the perception of promotional marketing against the other things that people spend money on in that category. Mm -hmm. and back in 2018 when we first got started the way we thought that that made the most sense was to search out the stories about that kind of thing that was happening in the industry where businesses were using their brands as superpowers for social good and we spent a lot of time cheerleading Mm -hmm. but what we realized was Cheering on the people that are already doing it doesn't teach anybody else that might want to come along for the ride how to do so. So it mattered to me for a very important reason, and it's found in the garbage cans at the conference center when you go to a show. Mm-hmm. And it's you know all the bad promo that was the reflection of a bad transaction between the person who bought it, the person who sold it, and the person that received it. The sum total of that transaction is in the garbage can at the door. And that's a problem. And we need to try to uh, address that. So instead of being the cheerleaders, which was fun, what we came to recognize was there was more value in becoming prescriptive and actually teaching ways that others, if they were interested in what it was that we were talking about, would have a way to be able to do that. That's where I think the evolution has occurred. And in the form of things like the sleep in for good campaign that you just saw us complete, Mm -hmm. where we were able to raise what is now $15,000. We ended up with additional contributions after our uh, last announcement when it closed and we were able to get a vendor that agreed to pay for all of the logistics and shipping costs of everything. So we were able to then turn that money directly back to NAMI wake as well. So by being able to show how the well-positioned use of social media influencer marketing and promotional products working in tandem with one another, you know, really our objective was not only to raise money for an important cause, which we did a tremendous job of. Yeah. More importantly, what we wanted to do was create a way for distributors and suppliers, but distributors who were interested in wanting to do something like that, but not really having an idea or a template to follow we're doing is giving them an opportunity. Now, if you really wanted to, you could just replicate what we did in sleeping for good, which I personally in the month of October did by participating in the real men wear pink campaign Hmm. for the American cancer society, which Kirby, I personally was able to raise over 10 grand Hmm. in that period of time. It's a very short period of time for one small business person. Yeah. I was competing with other businesses that like, you know, the guy from Ford, the guy from the local hospital, and then me. And we were able to raise over 10 grand because we were able to show the ways that promotional marketing can be incorporated into a successful fundraising campaign. And it gave us a chance to end up being voted rookie of the year. So nice. between Sleeping for Good and Real Men Wear Pink, we raised over $25,000 in just over two months time. What I what I like too, Roger, is you, you, like you said, you were cheerleading, and I actually, I, I, I actually think
0: there's value in that because you've gone. That's kind of the inspiration, and then you guys turn it into the education, right? Yeah. Like the inspiration is like, okay, some because some people can take that and go, oh, I could do that, mm-hmm. but not everybody can, and so some people got inspired and did it, but now you're like, okay, this is the template. If you're not sure where to start, here's how to do it. So I. Dude, I think that's awesome. I think that's really cool.
1: I'm Uh, very proud of what they were
0: able to accomplish. Yeah. Really. You you, you totally should be. So I want to jump into the next thing because I'm totally intrigued uh, by your new adventure Uh, that I think I'm going to say this and I'll see if I'm saying it right. Parktopia? Yeah. Okay, cool. So Parktopia. So talk about what that is and why you were inspired to do
1: it. All right. So we often say that promotional marketing salespeople sell marketing items but are not very good marketers. Mm, Yeah. Accurate? Yeah. So I believe that it's incumbent upon a distributor to have something that they can point to that would make a prospect pay attention to us. Mm -hmm. And so my wife and I love the outdoors. We're big national park people. We love craft breweries and distilleries. We were big skiers and golfers. Like We're basically ready for retirement, but we're not retirement age. So what we're trying to figure out is, can we take all of the things that we really love and make a business out of it? Okay. So the Parktopia project is she and I bought a Mercedes Sprinter van and had it converted into a small house on wheels. It's literally 60 square feet. It's a four by four, it can go anywhere. It's, it's everything you would want in a vehicle that would serve that purpose. That's not a giant RV. Okay. And instead of waiting until we were re- retired or taking weekend trips, what we decided was, we wanna see if we can take our work from home life, jam it in a van <laughs> and go out on the road and visit the places that we actually want as our clients. Right because these are the vertical markets that are of interest to me. So why would I not want to go be the salespeople for those kinds of organizations? Because like my good friend and yours, Mark Schaefer says in his book, Marketing Rebellion, where you're best is when you're in the community of your peers, where you look and sound and feel like the rest of those people. Yeah. So if I can take this and create long form narrative content around the Uh, tension that is going to occur between my wife and I who are both salespeople who are going to have to try to live in this van while we're on the road and make this work. And to us, that's where the real story is because Kirby, I don't know if you know this, but there's a lot of people our age who might be thinking about like, hmm, I wonder if I could do something like this too. So we decided to create a series. So YouTube channel, Instagram Mm -hmm. page, the whole nine yards, we're gonna tell you the story of whether this experiment works or doesn't. Yeah. But in the process, what I'm going to be doing is soliciting prospects in those vertical markets that we want to chase to do business with social good promotions. Yeah. By virtue of the content creation that I can do now. So you know, I like you have produced a podcast for a very long time. Yep, you sure have. So now I what I'm doing is offering those content opportunities to my prospects to say, hey, you don't even have to come to me. I'll come to you. I'll dedicate time to telling your story Mm -hmm. and I'll help get your message out to other people who are also interested in band life, which Mm -hmm. I don't know if you know this or not. Kirby happens to be a very high value demographic.
0: Yeah, no, that's it's it's super interesting. So real quick, where can they uh, find that if they're looking
1: for you? So Parktopia TV is the YouTube channel that's in its very early stages. That channel will launch full-blown in January. But right now, Parktopia, P-R-K-topia, T-O-P-I-A Mm -hmm. is the Instagram handle. What we're doing there is we're telling some of the backstory that is the year that it's been since we got the van originally and like all of the crazy stuff that happened in the process as we were trying to get this thing completed, which... <laughs> there was a lot of stuff that happened in the process of trying to get this thing creative. So, so you know, Kirby, what I've tried to tell people in my consulting practice is, when you're in the early stages of a client learning about your business, you need to be entertaining. You need to be yeah. educational. You need yeah. to make them interested in wanting to hang around and listen to what you have to say. Yeah. So if any likes golf or bourbon or cigars or beer or band life or i don't like we're giving you ample opportunity it's just am i a good enough content creator and editor to make this thing be interesting enough for you to want to continue to pay attention but it's it's super interesting I'm, i'm willing to put marketing budget and activity and effort around this attempt because to me whatever version of marketing you want to call this 3.0, 4.0, whatever. <laughs> but I feel like this is the intersection of if you're going to do content and you want your content to stand out, you got to do something different than the podcast I've been doing for four years. <laughs> so now I feel like it's a t- it's time to evolve my content creation to be a better reflection of the fact that I need to be entertaining if people are going to pay any attention. <laughs>
0: That's super interesting. I, I, I will be fascinated to watch watch it unfold, my friend. I think it's really cool. So, um, I want to I want to get back to talking about purpose. He, he, what I love about you is you've been talking about purpose driven marketing for a long time, and then you created a a company around it <laughs> uh, with social good promotion. Yeah. So,
1: how's that gone so far? Well, we doubled every year, so, so far. So. You know, that's not fair because you could go from a hundred dollars to two hundred dollars and that's a hundred percent growth. But yeah. let's just say we've been able to generate at least six figures of sales in each of the three years, and in each of the additional year, we doubled what we did the year before. Yeah. So mm-hmm. we're we're well past or we're creeping up on sort of what the averages are for distributorship size in mm-hmm. what has been the most difficult time to sell in our industry yeah. ever. Yeah. So knowing that we've been able to have that success in spite of what have been some really substantial obstacles gives me a lot of uh, confidence that the message is being received and that what's, what's different Kirby is you can't just say you're the purpose-driven distributorship and then be bad at it. (laughs) Like you can get one or two orders out of someone because of like, they just, feel warm and fuzzy about this idea of helping make the world a better place. But if you're not any good at what you do, that's not going to last. So what I feel like is we're giving ourselves a differentiator that people can identify with. And then we are whooping their, everybody else's butt in the service delivery that we give them because it's still about surprising and delighting your clients once you're able to get them. So you can't lose Sight of the fact that, yeah, there's a reason why we might have people be attracted to our message. But if we can't deliver on what we're doing, then there's really no point in trying to stick it out for the long term. So to me, what I think is the best sign is people who identify with us are giving us more and more of their business over time, which suggests that we are doing the service delivery part of this well.
0: Yeah, that's a great point. That's a super good point. And it's it's, it's increasingly challenging right now, but um, okay, cool. So fi- final question for you. Uh, I'm curious to know this one. So looking into the crystal ball of 2022, what are you most excited about?
1: Oh, well, um, what you learn after a little bit of time in business is that when things go south is the best time for opportunity. Mm. And by being able to recognize the gaps that occur when there's dynamic change, like what's happening right now, and being able to capitalize on those gaps as they present themselves, it creates incredible opportunity. We have this additional level of complexity because I may identify a gap that then when I go try to source products to solve that problem, if solutions not available to be constructed by the partners, then the whole thing kind of blows up in our face. So Mm -hmm. what we've tried to do is where we see the gaps, we've decided instead of to recreate the supply chain to solve the problem every single time, we've created elegant solutions that solve those gaps. And we're just trying to find as many people as possible who say, yes, I have that problem. Mm -hmm. Okay. So it changed a bit of the way we go about new client attraction uh, because now instead of us trying to get the account and then solve their problems, we're bringing a problem solution to bear on day one and saying, this is how we solve that problem. Do you think this is a good solution for you? Mm-hmm. If not, that's okay. We'll just keep moving on until we find the people who more closely identify with the solution that mm-hmm. we've created. So, um that's scalable. And mm. for the promotional marketing supply chain, especially distributors, the thing I think we fall in the rut of doing too often is starting the supply chain new every single time. Mm. And there's just not as much opportunity to do that anymore because you may not have the products even after you checked. Oh, yeah. Right? For sure. So for sure. why not just build a solution with a partner that has a deep inventory in the thing that you want to go sell and sell as much of that as you possibly can? I mean, of all the doubling of revenue we've done next year's double is going to be the real tough one. (laughs) Right. So we have to construct an engine that gives us this opportunity or else as a two person operation, there's no way. Right. We're going to be able to continue to do that doubling of revenue that we talked about. So, so we're tackling that thing head on. And we're looking very, very forward to expo this year because we have a very specific idea of the problems we want to go try to find solutions for. So we will be very, very, Undistractable, mm. I think, during okay. our time while we're there, which you and I both know is not the easiest thing in the world to do. It's it's not.
0: It's not. Well, dude, always it's always good to talk to you, and uh, you've taken the time to answer my questions. And gosh, you've done this a bunch of times now with me, so I, I really appreciate that. And uh, we'll have to do it again sometime. Okay. Yeah, we're on our way to ten. This is
1: lucky number eight. You, I'm glad you're keeping Cal. I just keep, when I, well, you can't. You had too many guests. So, yes. <laughs> I never talk about it. And uh, I want to wish everybody a happy new year. This has been bananas, another bananas year this year. So in the decade that has been the last 24 months, congratulations, all of you. And for any and all of you that I'm going to get a chance to see in expo, I will be distracted enough to say hi and hang out. So I'm looking forward to that. I'm looking forward to seeing your smile and face out there too. Cool, man. Well, Hey, That's going to wrap up this edition of Delivering Marketing Joy. We'll see you next time.